Welcome back to the Lady Lorian Show. Today we're going to be talking about Chapter 11, and we have a few more people with us today, so um, we'll get right into it. So we have Kath with us today, and somebody else. Um. So hello, everyone. I'm Kath. Uh, you may know me as Rexalorian on Twitter. So I've always been a Star Wars fan, but I really like began to fixate on it um, in I want to say last August because we moved away from all my friends because my mom went to college and I went with her. And so I didn't have any friends. And I was like, you know, I'm going to rewatch Star Wars. And I rewatched Star Wars. And then I bought everything Star Wars related I ever saw since then. And I even got a tattoo. Couldn't imagine have... getting a Star Wars tattoo. <laughs> Who was that? How embarrassing. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Testosterone has entered the chat. <laughs> Don't worry, it's just a very slight amount with me. There's not much here. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello. And Hello. Who are you? It's so good to see you. I am Michael. Uh, on the internet, I go by Rex and Around. Um, but honestly, one of the most defining parts about me is that I am also a Lady Lorian. Yeah, you are. <laughs> when we say there's six and a half Lady Lorians, Michael is our beloved half. And yes, it's official. We all have friendship bracelets. To those of you who are viewing on YouTube, here they are. Yes, they're leather bracelets and they have Lady Lorian's inscribed in Arabesh on them. They're pretty cool. They're yes. my prized possession. Yeah, can't go anywhere without it. Mm -mm. Didn't you guys mention that somebody recognized somebody by a Lady Lorian bracelet? Oh, that was me. I was at work and somebody was like, um, do you, do you know who like Rex it around is? And I was like, yeah, I do. And they're like, okay. <laughs> what? That's cool. So I, I think, it. I think, uh, we should tell everybody how and why I'm here. Cause that's very random. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm just hijacking the lady Lorian's podcast to run it into the ground full speed. Um, so I feel like they should know that I'm here with a purpose. <laughs> Going back to the beginning, Michael is here because one day we were on a Zoom. It was, how, how long do you guys want to say? Like 15 years? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, back. it was April 22nd. Or 20, I only know this because we became the Lady Lorians on the 24th. Wow. So this was yeah. pre Lady Lorians era. Well, this was I came just up with it. Zoom era. <laughs> I came up with it the night after we zoomed Michael at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think you just, somebody randomly shot me a message saying, join our Zoom call. And I think you were Zooming, weren't you Zooming with like, um, Kylo's Got Cake or, or what's his yes. name on? on <laughs> yeah. He yeah. with him for oh, two seconds. Dodge asked, how much money do you make? No, no. <laughs> wait, 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 let me, let me explain money. myself. Okay, everyone went silent because we were so scared and I like was I didn't want to like make him leave. So I was just like, so do you get paid on TikTok? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. so then I was, I guess, I was, I guess, like the backup to him. Once he left, you guys are like, all right, well, let's go get the second. No, rate, uh, no, 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 no. You were no, actually okay. first on our list. You were just second to respond. Yeah, course, you just didn't course. answer for the longest. <laughs> But so I so I like, jumped in. People. I jumped in. I met all of you. I, not everybody was there the first time. Yeah. yeah. So so Michael comes yeah. on, and it's just Rose and I, like having like our nightly girl time of just me and her. It's usually how it ends is just Rose and me together, and like I'm minding my own business, looking at my phone. And I look up, and there's a third person in the Zoom. <laughs> And Rose isn't even there. Like Rose has walked away and I'm like, Rose, come back, come back right now. Like you need to come back. And I'm like texting the chat. Like, oh my God, guys, like this just happened. Like everyone come back. Cause Dodge had just went to sleep like 20 minutes earlier. Like, Rip. yeah, it was yeah. really an interesting night. And I would like to say, I am a big fan of Rex around. I followed you on Vine. Okay. I knew oh, are you. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. I, you were like literally the first, the only person I followed on Vine. Literally. I didn't know that. Dodge yeah. and Michael go way back. We go well, way back. You just we don't do. know They're it. besties. But I was the one that was like, we need to get Michael on this. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, we need to get Michael on. And then 
I had to wake up at freaking 4 a.m. the next morning for school. So I went to bed and literally 20 minutes after I went to bed, you joined and I didn't see it. And then I woke up and there was like 50 messages in, messages in the group chat. And they're all like, Dodger's going to kill us when she wakes up. And I never, I still haven't forgiven myself for that. I feel terrible, Dodge. Uh, I hope that this can make up for all of that. That's like years. That's years that you waited for this moment and you missed it by 20 minutes. And I'm so sorry. Also, I'm so sorry that, that I'm a defining moment. Like, yikes. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. Um, You're good. We got to talk about The Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yes. of course. Yes. Oh, my There's gosh. so much to break down in this episode. Oh, my goodness. Who of Please. you have been Google searching Bo-Katan helmets to buy on Etsy since uh, <laughs> since that mm-hmm. episode aired? Yeah. My boyfriend texted me last night after finishing the episode and he said, uh, Din and Bo-Katan cosplay? And I was like, sure. <laughs> That's rad. I've been searching for a Bo-Katan cosplay since the Clone Wars, so come on. <laughs> <laughs> I told Janae, I was like, Janae, I think this might be your moment. Uh, yes. You, yes. you finally get into armor. Because how could you not? Bo-Katan was so perfectly transitioned from animation to to real screen and it just made me so excited and even more nervous for ahsoka but i'm getting ahead of ourselves so i'll I'll wait i'll wait um i feel like you guys want to talk about the frogs i've I've seen you tweet (laughs) yes i love geckoina amphibia right yeah is that the name perfect rose objects she thinks that her name is geckoina but we're currently amphibia And then the husband is Amphibio. It's massive. Um, well, no, the husband is the Geico Gecko, first of all. Obviously. Oh, right. We did establish this. It is canon. And he was green, so it's yeah, legit. I saw it coming before it even happened. I saw it, and I instantly thought lizard as well. I thought Gecko, and then everybody else was saying frog, and I was like, I'm going to be quiet about this because I think I'm on the wrong <laughs> side of history. I know. I was like, look at like... the hands. The hands are Gecko hands. Okay. Their the faces subtitles are Gecko. say frog lady, though. I know. I know. They're just and that's wrong. Why... They don't know they're... That's why Din does say frog lady. Well, so. okay. This is from, like, you know, his perspective. You know, he knows all his languages, but let's be honest, how smart is he really? That is a True. gecko, and he just don't know it. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, the guy is in a cult. We've established that now by this episode, so it's not surprising if they never taught him about geckos. Yeah, he probably yeah. hasn't been exposed to a lot, but like we talked about in earlier episodes, one of our favorite things about this series is how we're introduced to so many new peoples and so many new species in the Star Wars universe because we're going to a different planet every single episode. And to go to a water planet for- On Calamari. Was this the first time in live action or am I true? This, this, I think this is the first live action showing of Mon Calamari. I don't yeah. think it was Mon Calamari. Yeah, I'm Trask. pretty sure it was. Trask is the planet. Trask. No, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I'm just, I thought at the end of the episode, he, he grunts Mon Calamari and then takes Yeah, off. because that's that's the species that that guy was. Okay. So the planet's Mon Cala and the species Mon is Mon Calamari and mm-hmm. they seem very stupid. Was Did I misunderstand <laughs> those characters? Those Mon Cala all seemed so unaware. Admiral Akbar love- is turning I, in his grave right now. I love the Admiral. I half of my, when I, when I speak, Half the time it comes out in Admiral Akbar's voice. So please understand that I love him, but I think that species is kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they are, yeah, but it was yeah. cool to see them on a larger scale. And it was cool to see some new species as well, like our beloved frog people. What do you think about the Quarren? How, how, because we've only seen them as, as the bad guys in the Clone Wars, and they were kind of the bad guys in this to a degree too. Anybody have any take on, on the corn? They're pretty ugly. I just can I only thought think of, of Pirates of the Caribbean when I saw one. Me too. Same. God, what's his name? The like squid, uh, squid mm-hmm. guy from that. Yeah, I was like, Squidward. I thought it was him. <laughs> yeah, yes. Squidward. Um, I just thought they were weird looking and edible. <laughs> okay. They were very nefarious. They, 
for them to try to take on a Mandalorian like that was pretty brave. And they were like stoked on the Beskar, like they had done this same sort of thing before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really cool how we've had a parallel in chapter nine to like old westerns and like cowboy kind of feel and then now we've had like a parallel to like pirates mm -hmm. you know in star wars i was like ooh, space pirates this is cool super super cool. i thought they were really smart with pushing baby yoda in and like having baby yoda get in because they knew that's how they would get in in the water and be able to like kill him i'm just like he jumped in that water and like in his brain was there no like Wow, I'm wearing all this best car. Like it's gonna make me sink. <laughs> right, I thought it was interesting. He used his jetpack to propel himself upwards. That was yes. cool to see. Yeah. I didn't know it could be used in water. I was like, is like the water gonna yeah. go in and it's just over? Yeah, Wild. the exhaust. When? Uh, what I were your thoughts when that when when the first Mandalorian landed? Did anybody scream? Oh, yes, I, I, I did. I was watching it in my bed at like 4 a.m. and I didn't want to wake my roommate up, but internally I was screaming. Yeah. I did that like quiet yell that you do where you're like, oh, sh. Like, <laughs> right. I, I was like pushing Janae. I was like, Janae, 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 Janae. <laughs> like, because I just, because the, the first, uh, Bo-Katan's the first one that lands and you can like briefly see her markings. And that was like that moment, like living in that moment was so cool of like, this is the first time we've seen this character or for the most part, a Clone Wars character brought into live action that way. Have we seen, I'm gonna feel silly if it's already happened. Have we seen another one brought into live action? I don't believe so. I'm not sure. But um, I, so. I thought it was really, really cool how they had the voice actress be the actress for her. Oh that my gosh, was awesome. I know. Imagine. Ashley Eckstein. I know. I, I have some questions when we get to that part on, on your guys' opinions of that casting for. Yeah. For oh, we have them. We have them. There are plenty. Um, but no, that was like super cool and such like a special like moment to get to see her in live action, especially like after watching Clone Wars and stuff, because I had just watched Clone Wars for the first time, like all the way through earlier in spring um, before season seven. So like getting to experience all of that and then seeing her come into like my favorite show was so incredible. It was cool right away to be able to like recognize female Mandalorians just by their armor. Like that made me so excited the second they landed before we were even able to identify them, you know, as specific characters i was so excited to see female mandalorian representation yeah and i loved how they introduced them because i feel like we're all very scared about the the new the well the canon characters that are coming into live action and i think they did a really good job in this episode like giving us that little like fan snippet and like potential for something more to happen but also like not ruin the plot of like din and his child exactly i agree because i'm like when it first came out and they were talking, it was discussing, especially with Ahsoka, I, a lot of people were worried that it was just going to be Clone Wars after. And then I think it was really good because um, no one hate on me. I haven't seen the Clone Wars yet. Um, <laughs> I, I like watched, I watched like the OG Clone Wars as a kid. And then like, I just, after that, I like, I could, I didn't watch it. Um, but like, it was really cool, especially like for people like, and like I've seen TikToks about it, like people who've not seen the like Clone Wars and stuff, it was still cool to like see new Mandalorians, especially like ones who aren't in a cult. Um, so I thought that was just really cool. And um, once again, Sasha Banks, I'm free on Friday night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hit me up anytime. I think I'll, it was I'll, great I'll how accepting of Din, despite the fact he's a part, he's a child of the watch, because I think it was nice that they were able to have empathy for his situation and they didn't write him off because of that, because they understand why he has the understanding of Mandalorian culture that he does. And, you know, they weren't quick to judge him because of that. And they still, you know, came to his side and, you know, defended him when he needed it. And I liked that. I think the fact that yeah, that, that they almost, it, it was almost like 
when he said that, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they kind of expose themselves on, you know, like, let's just say you're in the conversation and they say something like, well, yeah. And, and that, that actually points to why the earth is flat. And you look at them and you're like, Oh, they're there. Like you sweet there. Thing, maybe we can get you to where you need to be. But instead of like hating them and like embarrassing them, you, you do like, like you said, you feel empathy for them. Um, and I really like that because it showed how strong Bo-Katan is that she's she's much bigger than little clan drama or Mandalorian cult. Uh, she's focused on the entire planet and reuniting it and bringing it together and ruling it. And I think that just kind of shows you how different Din is. Din is like, I don't care about anything but getting this child to these sorcerers because that's what I was tasked to do. And I didn't mean to get mixed up in this, but now I'm stuck. And she's got this like whole noble take where she's like, look, you're Mandalorian. It goes way further beyond this. Um, and so I think it, it kind of was just so beautifully done because not only does it make people want to go back and watch the Clone Wars and Rebels to learn who Bo-Katan was, but it sets a ground for like whatever they do in the future, people are going to be really invested in Bo-Katan, which was really cool. How yeah. do we feel about that um, Darksaber tease at the end there when Bo-Katan was talking about needing something to reunite her planet and take her planet back? We've, we've seen that in both Rebels and Clone Wars now, that that Darksaber mm -hmm. is, belongs yeah. to who, who rules Mandalore. So yeah. they're definitely, yeah, they're definitely strengthening that canon. I, I completely agree. I have a question, though, for, for all of you. I would like to know your take on this because I saw a tweet today, I'm sure you did as well, about the armor and that it's feminine looking. Oh, and yeah. To me, one, the fact, <laughs> so I'll just give you my quick rundown as a boy and then I'm gonna shut up and, and uh, let you kind of teach me because the way I saw Bo-Katan when she first landed, I thought, wow, they kind of, they sort of almost desexualized her, which I loved, which was like, oh, she's a warrior. Like she had pants and they looked like they were like those flight suit pants, like utility, like actually what a warrior would have. And I thought that was really cool because she, she almost wore tights in um in Clone Wars and it was always kind of a little bit odd like the other Mandalorians were in these like really kind of heavy sort of like like denim looking uh flight suits and and she was very like sleek and and nimble so seeing her kind of brought into more of this warrior look I thought that that was like a huge step in the right direction and then I saw people on Twitter getting very upset so I'd love to hear all of your take on, on, well, on that thing. well um I just I, I quick question for all those people out there have you ever tried to like put flat metal around your chest before i don't you you don't just you can't just squeeze them in there you actually have to like get they, they need they need room <laughs> you can't just like squeeze yourself into this flat boxy metal otherwise it's not comfortable and it's not you know it's it's what's the word um restricting i don't know uh, my vocabulary is awful today but it it doesn't work it, it wouldn't be comfortable and it wouldn't be good for fighting and you need to be able to like it needs to fit and it fits i so think I that if it. as a woman you were offended by the chest plates on the female mandalorians then you're only contributing to the idea that you know women's bodies and certain parts of women's bodies um, should be sexualized. Like you're just contributing to the sexualization of your own body. If you think that them having shapely armor was offensive, there's nothing offensive about it. Like Kath said, it's meant to be functional and serve a purpose and it's meant to give them comfort. And you can still be a strong female character and own your femininity. You know, you don't need to act like a man and put yourself into a man's clothes and a man's shoes to be respected as a female character and to prove your strength. Like, I think that's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I was really confused as to why people were upset about that. Um, yeah, that's my take on it. The word I was thinking of was counterproductive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Letting everyone know. It may, okay, I'm glad I'm glad you were all because that's exactly how I felt the first time. I was like, "What are you talking about?" One, they made her like strong and powerful and fierce, and it it felt accurate. So I suppose no matter what you do at this point, if you're Star Wars, you're gonna find people on Twitter who oppose you yes. for it. Um, yeah, and I think then 
you know, if, if all of you feel the same way, then I, then I think that that's, that says a lot about um, not only Star Wars's decisions, which, which seem good, but also the people who tend to just nitpick everything on social media. Female characters yeah. shouldn't have to suppress their feminine qualities to be respected as strong or as fierce. And I think that Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves both were the perfect example of that. I mean, from the very beginning with the original trilogy, Leia Organa was the perfect example of that. Like, let's take it all the way back to the beginning. I mean, there's a badass female character who is strong and speaks up for herself, who fights and is very physical and stands her ground. But, you know, she doesn't try to hide the fact that she's a woman she's very proud of the fact that she's a woman and dresses and acts like it too and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that you know the two aren't mutually exclusive yeah I feel like Star Wars has really advanced a lot in the um outfit department um like even with Rey in the new um series I guess but like she I love her outfits I feel like they're all like very they show that you can still like be energetic and all this stuff. You don't have to have these outfits that are super feminine, you know, but also like, yeah, I think, I think they, I didn't even think about that until I saw that tweet and I was like, wow, people just trying to make the worst things out of, you know, this like amazing, like people don't even think about that until that one person tweets it and then everyone's talking about it. Right. And I think there's like this, this feeling of like wanting to be on the right side of history these days with everything and, and everything's so politicized and divisive. And uh, somebody says something that seems like a hot take or sounds like a hot take. And instantly, I think there's a lot of people that out of not wanting to sound ignorant, jump and run and be like, oh, what a what a brilliant take. You're right. You, we, we shouldn't be thinking about this. And, and maybe they haven't necessarily thought the whole thing through because mm-hmm. this all this conversation feels very well thought through and i'm sure that the people in the writer's room and the costume department were also thinking all of this through as well and came to those conclusions so i feel like perhaps there's also a little bit where people are very afraid of of potentially being on the wrong side of history these days and you kind of get takes like that when in reality i thought bokatan looked cooler than she has ever looked and she looked like she could kill <laughs> yeah. yeah they looked real hot in my opinion i agree <laughs> Michael on the fact that um like like people will see something on Twitter and will hop on it like when it comes to I don't know canceling somebody and and you know they don't know the whole story and and so they'll they'll say something on Twitter and then everyone would be like oh well I don't want people to see me supporting them because right. and, and they'll all yeah. hop on and it'll just be a big hate train instead of being like trying to get a full understanding and context it's yeah unfortunately a few of us <laughs> have dealt with that <laughs> well and no you, you, are unstoppable you showed why <laughs> it's so important to surround yourself with a, a loving and like careful community a community that's very aware of of uh issues but also isn't afraid to stand for things and i think um you know if if everybody was surrounding themselves with communities that that really truly believed and understood that like hey you you are good you're good and if you misstep or if you say something wrong we're not going to cancel you we're going to give you an opportunity to explain yourself and having a podcast is scary i mean welcome to a very scary world where everything you say is recorded and permanent and i've done uh close to 100 of them and there is you know over 100 hours of me talking and all of you know that me talking can lead to very silly and outrageous things. And it's something I take very heavily knowing that like, hey, I could say something this year that is completely valid and correct. And within three years, all of society could shift on that idea. And I could I could have said something that's very incorrect. And I think, um, you know, this example of the armor is a, is a perfect uh, example of what happens when it kind of goes the wrong way. Uh, and so it's important, like I said, to surround yourself and, and, you know, the Lady Lorians are a great example of that, of like, hey, you, got, you guys have each other's backs when things go down because you know the character of who each of you are. And that's pretty cool. Thank yeah, you. We're, we're definitely lucky to have each other. That's for sure. I, I think because of the way we support each other when one of us gets attacked on social media is, is the reason why we like still stand so strong on social media. It's because it's like, there's there's people to back up 
that person and be like, hey, this is the truth. Here's like the full explanation. And people are like more willing to listen to other people's opinions than that person who is in trouble for, you know. And and I think it's that community, our community is, and like us building each other up and like keeping each other safe from people attacking is, right. is really what keeps us. Yeah, keeps I us mean, good. and also, yeah. And also being able to like, I guess, hold each other accountable, but in a positive way too. like having someone to say like, hey, that's like not cool, but like not doing it in a canceling way. Like, right. I know that like we have a safe space where if I say something wrong, like no one in our group is like going to like use that against me. They're going to use it to make me a better person. And I think something that's really cool and really unique about the Lady Lorian's generation of fans is that because we care so deeply for the creators behind the content that we love, um, the actors and actresses and Star Wars and things like that, like when we see them, you know, take a stance that is potentially hurtful or politically incorrect, you know, our generation is really quick to very gently and kindly try to help that person. But, you know, recently there's been some, you know, drama on Star Wars Twitter because when people our age, particularly um, ladies our age, were reaching out to um, an actor in the franchise, um, we were met with a lot of negativity and um, closed-mindedness and stuff. And it really just is, you know, a generational thing, the way that we respond to that criticism. And if we respond to it as a helpful, constructive thing or as an attack. And I think that a lot of the people who came after this actress weren't attempting to come after her, but to educate her and to help her think of the fans that she was reaching out to and the platform that she had and how she was using it. Right. Question. It, oh, oh, yeah. You can go, Michael. You sure? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. I'll say, I'll say what I need to after. Okay, I'll be quick. I promise. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Take your time. Uh, I, so I study um, generations for my job. I do marketing. And so um, I market very heavily towards Gen Z. Uh, and so I wanted to learn everything I could about Gen Z. So part of what I did was I, I hired a professional TikToker um, uh, from Oregon and he moved down here and I pay him to make TikToks, but I also pay him to honestly learn from him. And as silly as that sounds, uh, I have learned so much from, his name is Liam. Um, yes, we know. He's my son. Uh, Wait, what? We love Liam. Yeah, Liam. Liam he's we angel. love him. Do you have a history with Liam? No. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> would you like to have history with Liam? I <laughs> would. <laughs> so we're, no, we're slowly we're slowly trying to take over Super Seventy Three. You don't know it yet, but it's gonna happen. It's I'll happening. send you guys his phone number after this. Um, so. Uh, I, okay. So in, in my, in my journey to understand, like, okay, if, if, if I'm going to market to Gen Z, I, I really want to understand them so that I'm not marketing tone deaf. So I'm marketing to where you understand. And what I learned was this is the first generation in at least modern history that has been so connected to, I think Ruth, you said it, the people who are behind the projects, you care more about the people running the companies and the actors playing the parts than you do about the ne necessarily the story or the product. You will spend way more money on something that is done better, like it, more with more humanity or more empathy. You'll buy from a, a creator or a vendor or you support a creator or a vendor who does something and explains to you why they do it. And they show you every part of it. And, and there's, there's a, a process of, I guess it's very, um, I don't know, ethos, very uh, empathetically backed um, companies that, that you support. And that makes total sense why these actors are getting canceled. And I think a lot of people look at this and they're like, oh, this Gen Z generation is so vicious and so controlling that they'll cancel anybody for, for any wrong statement. And it's just that that's not true. What it is, is that you're so 
concerned with who you're buying something from, whether you're buying a character they're playing or you're buying a product that you really want to be able to like almost physically touch the person or the creator. And when they let you down, it is way more explosive than it would be with somebody like, you know, a Gen Xer who wants the cheapest thing that they can get from China. They don't care what went into it as long as they can afford it. So it's, it makes total sense why these actors are coming into fire and they're playing these victims because they've never been held to this accountability before. And what Gen Z is doing is setting up a system of accountability that nobody's ever seen. So it seems like it's vicious and maniacal, but it's the future because you're building the standards that businesses and uh, production companies are going to have to sell to. And you've told them that this is what you want. And people aren't meeting that criteria. And slowly, whether it's five years or 50 years, they're going to be forced out of the industry. And somebody who is way more... uh, thoughtfully minded will take their place. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes, yes completely. That's my whole like, breakdown. <laughs> I feel like Gen Z is also very good at like talking first. We always go into like the talking thing. Like, why'd you post this? Like, what's why, what's your reason mm-hmm. behind it? And then after like, there's backlash from it, from the actor, actress, like it's, it then hurts us and yeah. then it's on. Yeah. Then the fan cans come in. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the reason is right there, this will be the last thing I say. The reason is, is because you are the first generation that grew up connected to each other. I didn't get the internet till I was like 13. I didn't get an iPhone till I was 19 or 20. Um, I didn't get, you know, it wasn't until 2013 that I really became connected to the rest of the world. And you've had that since you could type on a phone. And that's what's so cool. I mean, it's definitely scary because you have endless access to anything you want in the entire world, but it's also really cool. I think Gen Z is smart in recognizing the power that we hold as consumers and as fans, because at the end of the day, we are who give someone their platform. and we get to decide who gets right. a platform. At the end of the day, we're the ones deciding that. And I think that because we're a more empathetic generation as a whole, we care for the generations that are coming behind us too. And we don't wanna make the wrong people out to be role models for ourselves or for the children that are coming behind us consuming Star Wars or, you know, a certain genre of music or whatever it is. Okay, so how do you how do you how do you all feel about Axe Woves? I love him. <laughs> um, the actor that plays him played a character in Agents of Shield, which is a show I like religiously watched, and I didn't click until after the episode. I was like, this guy looks familiar. This guy looks familiar. And I was like, I love him. Um, I want to know more about him. I saw something that like George Lucas like came up with the name, and I was just like, oh imagine like being a character that like George Lucas was like that's like right I guess I I I like the idea of George Lucas just being on set and and being like Axe Wolves what's your name name?" (laughs) no thought just yeah Axe Wolves what do you want to call this one uh call it the uh the the Mon Mon Calamari but I think (laughs) that your your Glucas voice sounds a little bit like Kermit the Frog Frog. (laughs) yeah Are George Lucas and Kermit the Frog the same person? They are. Have they been together in one place? I feel like they've been in the same room together. Let me look it up. You guys continue (laughs) on about accents. He seemed really cool. I liked his accent. I thought that was neat. I Um, loved when he was like, they couldn't shoot the side of a bantha. (laughs) I was like, throw the shade. We have a picture of George Lucas and Luke Skywalker colorized. From oh my! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that's photoshopped. That. To those of you who are choosing to stream us on Spotify or Apple, who does not have a visual component, um, Michael just shared with us a photo of Mark Hamill and Kermit the Frog. Oh, uh, Lucas! George Lucas. <laughs> For you audio amigos. Um, how cool was that? <laughs> how cool was that Corvus scene where they were just? fighting through the hallways like that felt like clone wars i was so happy to see stormtroopers like i i don't know why but i mean I, like not happy but just excited 
I don't know. It just brings up old feelings, like you know Nostalgia. the original trilogy and stuff. I get so excited. I love the were- nods to the original trilogy. I was so excited getting to see X Wings last week. Like you know, just a reminder of the era of Star Wars that we're in. Like uh, the OG trilogy is my favorite. The girls know so. Any mm-hmm. familiar faces or tropes we get to see makes me really happy. I liked it when they were walking out, walking out with the like you know the smoke that part because uh, it's hot. Um, but <laughs> but I just thought it was like <laughs> really cool um, in general because I just I don't know it's like you know there's a lot of battle scenes and like Star Wars and stuff but I like it when they do like stuff like that because I just like I don't know it's edgy and cool and stuff and it just yes. like stylize it up fun. a little bit. I yeah, agree. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how Din had no part in that battle at all. Literally, literally did, not, did not have to be there. Did they not did not him. need him. Wait, he, he would, threw the little. He threw the little. Okay, he got. He did. <laughs> it was freaking a fireworks show because he was just like, ah, 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 ah. and then he, he's like, hey. that was the. That was so brave. He he got so lucky. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Crazy. I was like, can can he go one day without like causing harm to himself? Like, please, right. like, and sir. Then, they go from not being able to hit the side of the Bantha to landing every single shot on his armor. And he's just like pinging I around. I know. The most impressive shots ever made by stormtroopers in history. <laughs> I, I think said, so. This is shiny. I think I can hit it. Oh my God. <laughs> They'll be point blank with people in other movies and will completely miss, but Din Djarin just attracts. It was a good nod too, because I feel like there's so many times in Clone Wars that the Jedi or the clones like threw little droid poppers and they rolled to the to the battle droids feet and the battle droids just stood there and watched them. Do, do you remember yeah. all those times where it was like, why didn't they kick them back? The same thing <laughs> happened. Those little things landed at the stormtroopers feet and they acted like, oh, Din just dropped his, uh, I don't know. What Red do we blinky things. There he goes. <laughs> oh, he dropped his blinky <laughs> things. Like, it just they get distracted, it's shiny and it's blinky and they're like, ooh. <laughs> they have no brain cells. And I love it. Who's sad? I don't know if it was the ladies or my brother who brought up to me the contrast between Din's role in the prison break in chapter six and Din's role um, combatively in chapter 11. Because in chapter six, everyone else compared to Din, you know, seems inadequate. And he's, you know, taking center stage and calling all the shots. And last week's episode with Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians, he was the one trailing behind them and taking orders from them. So, I mean, I just love how multidimensional Din's character is and how cooperative he is, you know, and goal-oriented despite despite the role he has to play. I have a quick question. So, um, and this may make me sound like a complete... A silly goose but um so is beskar armor do they have that too or no like so where does that come from so as right. far as because i was wondering that too so there's they have two kinds of armor one is durasteel and the other is beskar yeah um, it seems that anybody who's had armor passed down has beskar armor but then okay. it seems that anybody who either got armor or needed to get new armor after the purge tends to have durasteel armor because there's go what's up oh no i was just gonna say because because bokatan she says that the, how that armor has been passed down through generations so i think that's beskar armor okay um so i i think that there's two types and and it is interesting because like sometimes it's painted sometimes it's not like it's weird mm-hmm. that Din's is so shiny because it's making us all think that like Beskar has to be shiny. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is also that like he doesn't necessarily have a crew or like he's not a part of the Night Owl. So he doesn't have a color denoting what his armor would be. So I think that's why he leaves it blank. Um, you know, the watch, the, the death watch was always blue, but he's not with them anymore. So um, mm-hmm. I think perhaps that's why it's not colored. Wasn't well like the blue on like their armor that like made me think of the watch when i saw it because pretty similar it's it's very similar and wasn't didn't they didn't bokatan kind of run with them for a little bit when satine was in rule of mandalore because she didn't agree with her sister those were the two factions that split 
Um, yeah. yeah, the Night Owls were at one part united with Death Watch, but Death Watch wanted to go violence, and the Night Owl Owls were were less about that. They weren't pacifists, but they were more on Satine's side. Mm-hmm. I miss Satine. I love Strip her. The queen, our blonde queen, the only blonde in Star Rose. Wars. Rose's favorite was, thing to do is to send me depressing TikToks of Obi and Satine, and then I cry for about an hour every time because <laughs> I love them with my whole chest. Um, Who's their rumored son? What's his name? Corky. So he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I, someone mentioned that. No. Yeah. <laughs> He has to be she, dead. Well, because when she, yeah, because like Michael said, because when she mentions, I'm the last of my line. That was hurtful. Why? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. Uh, my bad. I'm sorry. I saw a tweet about it, but until I saw the tweet, I wasn't putting that together either. So. Oh, Rip Obi-Wan and Satine's son. That's gone. I am, I am the number one Corky Kenobi stan. Like, I love mm that kid even though he's not confirmed look i think it's your fault that he's dead and i don't want to thrust all of the blame on you but if i can share my reasoning for that (laughs) the the quirky stan part of twitter was growing (laughs) far too powerful for lucasfilm to be able to combat they accidentally wrote themselves into a corner with that character and those little nods and so what did they have to do because you became too powerful they had to kill him off (laughs) The Lady Lorians killed Corky Cry. Dude, dude, you heard it here, it. ladies and gentlemen. And I do it again. Do it again. So, should we bring up the elephant in the room, Mrs. Yes. Okatano? Oh yeah, let's talk about that. We- oh, <laughs> I just let. There is no calm segue into that. That's just pure rage. Yeah. Right? Michael, it sounded like you had some questions in mind yeah. to throw around about Ahsoka and her casting, et cetera. Yeah. We'll hand the I, mic to you. Okay, thank you. I, I didn't want to jump in. Um, okay, so a couple things. Rosario Dawson, um, for all that she is and all that she isn't, you know, we talked a little bit about like uh, the off-screen issues, but, um, you know, I had this theory that perhaps there's a universe where rosario plays the fighting side and the body of ahsoka and ashley Eckstein plays the voice and i actually said that on another roundtable podcast and i got booed almost off of the whole episode because everybody was like rosario dawson would never sign up for that she's an a-list celebrity she would never and it was almost like there was no it was like they didn't care at all about everything Ashley Eckstein had done. And and they got very um, business with me. And it made me sad because, um, you know, I, I feel like it was a little personal. Like Ahsoka, I mean, for better or worse, Ashley was Ahsoka through the drama in the beginning of The Clone Wars, through her being outcast as a character, to her rise to uh, just meteoric fame within the fandom to where she's one of the most popular characters of all time. Ashley did that like I understand that there was writing and and there's character designers but who was you know at the forefront of all of that was Ashley Eckstein doing book signings and events and and even dressing up as Ahsoka champion champion I don't know why I try to say this word championing 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 is that right it sounds weird championing it sounds right okay weird uh uh, Ahsoka at a time when not a lot of other people were and so now you have Rosario Dawson being cast and so, uh, Ashley Eckstein made a post on, on social media that was deleted pretty quickly after, um, basically saying that she was in no way involved in The Mandalorian. And, and it kind of came off that she was very hurt and upset. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, they do this a lot where they send us down one road and then they fool us by saying, oh, we kidding, we got you. Like, um, but do, do you think that there's any chance or any reason that she would be involved in this? I'm praying. My thing is like, Ashley is probably the number one person who like loves their character. Like I have never seen like an actor in Star Wars love their character. Like Ashley loves Ahsoka and like, she like is like, I don't know. I just, I definitely feel like, it's going to be really hard to watch someone who's not her 
like to have Ahsoka open her mouth and it not be Ashley's voice. Right. Like that is so hard for me because Ahsoka is like definitely one of my favorite characters and like I love her so much and Ashley is such a big part of that for me. Like her, like I don't know, Izzy and I every time we go to Disney are like, I hope Ashley's at Disney World because she's always at Disney when we go. Like so like the last time when we went was like a few weeks ago and Ashley was there but she was there like on the days we weren't there but she had gone and she had signed all like a like a hundred of the Ahsoka like legacy savers that they just released and she like showed up she, to like, like event and like she loves Ahsoka so much like I feel like I feel like there was something else going on like I I feel like there's like we don't know the whole story like I don't think Dave Filoni would cat like be like Ahsoka's gonna be in Mando and at, not go to Ashley the be like Ashley like the first person I feel I think like you're right there's something else there that we just don't know about I feel like a lot of women in the fandom are really disappointed by her lack of presence in the Mandalorian because Ashley just means a lot to the women in this fandom because she really validated you know women in the Star Wars fandom I mean through her role and through the creation and establishment of her universe and things like that and you know making fan related merchandise and content that was for women specifically you know in a male dominated fandom like I mean she's kind of like our queen you know like Ashley means a lot to a lot of people but especially to female fans and underrepresented fans um, because she did champion for us just as much as she championed for Ahsoka. And um, I also, Michael, I find it really ironic that people would be so repulsed by the idea of Rosario and Ashley teaming up to create Ahsoka's character, you know, despite financial reasons and despite business disputes and things like that, because at the end of the day, like women are supposed to support women and if I were in Rosario's shoes I would see how hard Ashley had worked to create Ahsoka as the character that she is and to build her from the ground up and I would want to share credit with her because credit is due to Ashley um and I yeah I think it's just really sad that you people on Twitter or elsewhere would want to put those two actresses against each other and immediately reject the idea of them working together. Yeah, I also feel bad because when she first started Clone Wars, she got so much hate, but she stuck to it the whole time. She stayed with it. And now people absolutely love Ahsoka. And here's this opportunity for Ahsoka to come into this live action, this peak of Star Wars, like currently, like in current day and she doesn't even get the opportunity and it sucks because now everyone loves Ahsoka and she doesn't even get to be a part of it. Yeah and I also think like Ashley watching her like castmate like Katie's uh Bo-Katan's voice actor and now actor Mm -hmm. but like so getting to see Katie get to voice her and then become Bo-Katan is like for Ashley I can't even imagine like what that feels like to watch like somebody else get to do that and then for your character they don't do that and I can I make a hot take absolutely that that if it's right I think this podcast will explode because people won't believe that I guessed it (laughs) and if it's wrong sorry sorry for the What if this whole thing has been one big misdirect? A good example would be they kept showing Sasha Banks and all the promo material. Oh my gosh. And so what if this Rosario Dawson thing, I mean, even the release that they accidentally put up too early on Instagram for Italy or something, the Disney Plus in in Europe, or um, what if it is all a giant misdirect to get us off of the scent because this is quite possibly the biggest secret, even bigger than the child that Lucasfilm has tried to keep. Um, I mean, honestly, this is the one thing I think Ahsoka is one of the most popular characters across the whole fandom. Um, You know, Clone Wars fans love her. Rebels fans love her. Um, I could see a world where she is Ahsoka and Rosario Dawson is cast as 
perhaps another Jedi or somebody around her or the body of her. Um, but I, I think Ashley will be included. And I'm, I'm going to sound pretty stupid if, if that's not true. But if, if, if it's not, I could see a universe where Ashley doesn't speak, where perhaps we see Ahsoka through a hologram or we see her fighting from a distance. Um, you know, I could see her like dueling a couple of assassins or something. And then, you know, Mando shows up and, and she dips out or something like that. And maybe they just put it off for a little bit till they figure out what they're going to do. But if she opens her mouth and it is not that Ahsoka voice, I just think Dave Filoni knows better than that. He knows better. Like he's not an idiot. Yeah. I mean, if you're wrong, like whatever. I had a wrong guess last week because I definitely thought Sasha Banks was Sabine. So. Same. <laughs> What do you wait? What do you what do you all think? Yeah, that would be great. Ideally, be great. the European Disney Plus stuff. This that's information what. that was released in Germany or wherever. That's what's disheartening me at this point. Um, but, yeah, but didn't they own all they did was post something that said Rosario Dawson's name? Like it didn't say like anything about her. I'm I think it sure. did. I think it said is is like tap to play Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, but also but like they've lied to sorry. us before yes sure. they also like they she just did an interview like when everything was like happening and she like and someone mentioned ahsoka and she was trying to like she saw like someone asked it or whatever and she couldn't even say ahsoka's name properly so that's what like makes me think and this is after mandalorian ended filming so that's mm -hmm. what makes me think that your theory about ashley coming in and voicing it i could see that yeah, I don't. So I, my inside, my inside scoops. Um, I mean, we will see Ahsoka because yeah, a lot of people DM me things, being being you know rexing around and uh, unsolicited uh, information from the set, um, and I normally keep it all very very quiet because yeah, I'm a big fan of legal agreements. Uh, no, no, no NDAs. No, they are. Oh, oh, no, yeah. not today. Yeah, right. <laughs> And I would never sell anybody out, but um, no. <laughs> there's been a lot of information that's been coming to my DMs that are like, okay, this this could still work. Um, there's been no confirmations of who's under the paint. Um, so I'm, I'm holding hope. I'm just, I'm holding hope. Um, the fact that they've kept it this good of a secret that we don't really know what's going on and we're potentially two episodes away. Like, I don't think we see her next week. Dave Filoni directs the next one after this. And I think that'll be the one that we, we see her, but it's, it's so up in the air that it's like, okay, I feel like there's still a chance. That would be really nice. And that is very interesting that people are just DMing you stuff that would totally break an NDA contract. Um, I want that. But YOLO. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, I don't know. I just, I would like to see Ashley get to live out and, and become the person she loves so dearly and like cherishes the character. Okay, wait, can we talk about how, um, the comedy in the mess? <laughs> I just want to talk about the, the Razor Crest taking a swim. Because, oh my God. Because, um, I, I just... He went for a dive. Um, also, the um, new like curse words we learned. Dink, Farrick. Yeah, that. <laughs> you have to censor that one. I know. <laughs> oh, you guys! I uh, in one of your podcasts recently, you you said uh, you were talking about like thank the maker. So droids say thank the maker um, because for oh. droids, their god is the maker, the maker. Uh, and and people will always say thank the force because their gods are the force little fun fact but thank that the maker is, is about like din is a droid deep involved conversation about this with you know people who i consider super knowledgeable and we were even like you know kind of disputing it and confused about where that came from and i think a lot of people on twitter are also confused um you know when din said um may the force be with you to the x-wing pilots because i think there's just a little bit of ambiguity regarding common people in star wars and their knowledge of the jedi and the force and like Ooh. who knows what what's common knowledge what is legend and the mandalorian is like kind of revealing a lot of that to us and just you know a lot of the culture and um 
vernacular of common people. I, I love this. So I was, I've, I like absorb every single book that comes out and it went into it on, uh, it was, I think it was in the aftermath uh, trilogy. Um, people in the galaxy are very aware of the force. Um, they're very aware that the force is something that, that interacts on a daily basis, kind of like no matter what culture you go to, you'll hear about their God. Um, because it's kind of like the one common thread of like this greater thing. Uh, but people don't either don't know about the Jedi or they know that they're sorcerers and they're evil because of what the empire did. Basically they erased the Jedi from existence and they said there was these evil uh, force wielders who would manipulate the force around them and they made it very propaganda like. Um, but when Din said that to the New Republic, it's because the New Republic reinstated the old Jedi history, um, mm -hmm. brought it back and kind of made them like gods. And so it's kind of like pulling up next to a, uh, I don't know, next to a cop and being like, it's good to see you. Really appreciate the work you're doing. Like, and you've got weed in the glove compartment. It's like, yeah. it was exactly what Din was doing was he was like relating to them. No, I like agree. A, Right, I'm like a very annoying level where it was like, it's good to see you. Thanks for uh, keeping us safe. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, that's really interesting to me. I think I, I think it's really weird how everyone just kind of forgot about the Jedi in a sense, like, or not necessarily forgot, but people like did their parents or, you know, what whomever they came from not, pass on the stories of jedi like in positive light like was that not i think history belongs to the victor um and the empire was the victor for a long time so i'm sure there were like whispers and and kind of like uh ezra's parents they talked about um the jedi and the way it used to be um but then they you know they're they're targeted and they're attacked and they're killed um and so example, like I, I built a whole company and uh, there's a lot of things that happened during the building of the company with people who are or are not still a part of the company. Um, and you can kind of choose what version of history gets published in the articles and you can choose what you do and don't talk about. And you can kind of change uh, how, how, how history was by sharing certain parts or not sharing other parts. And I think that's what we're seeing here in Star Wars is like, the empire is really working hard. They had ISB agents chasing down people who were talking about the Jedi. So after two or three generations, it's gone, right? Like that, that is how yeah. I, I guess I've always perceived it. To bring it back up, but what do you think Ahsoka is going to like react to seeing this little child that looks like Yoda? Like, that's all I can think about is just her being like, don't be really confused. Another one? She's like, oh, <laughs> oh no, not again. <laughs> Is I this one gonna expel me from the Jedi Order too? I, I, I think Yoda and Ahsoka had a pretty positive relationship, didn't they? Like she, he kicked her out of the out of their out of their wizard club. <laughs> yeah, but I just I just remember that scene in season seven of the Clone Wars when Ahsoka wants to know what's going on with Anakin and Mace is being like, you're not like Jedi business only. And Yoda was kind of like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, my, like, I apologize. Like, you know, my bad. I kind of just messed up a couple Jedi generations. Do you I think she's been trauma. communing with Yoda through the force? Isn't Yoda, isn't Yoda dead now? Well, like, force ghosts. Before that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Force ghosts. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. What like, if we see Force up? Ghost Yoda? That would be interesting. Because we could. Do you <laughs> think, think we see? Overkill? Do you think we see Luke Skywalker in any way? I hope no. so. Number no. one, Luke Skywalker <laughs> stand. Okay. right here. Ruthie hopes so. Deep Unpopular baby. opinion. Come on, check. give it. Say it, Kath. I really don't want them to bring in super popular characters like that into the Mandalorian. I think I, I love Mark Hamill. I love Luke Skywalker. I'm fan girl number one, or maybe number two next to whomever. But um, I think it, I think they're bringing in a lot of favorite favored characters, and I think bringing Luke Skywalker would be kind of an overkill. As for all that, I mean, yeah. maybe in all a later season, like maybe at the very end of the series, 
you know, we'll get some glimpse of Luke, even if it's season just 13. as a what? Yeah, yeah, yeah season 13. 13. <laughs> uh, that would be great. But like, I mean, at this at this point in time, I'm just excited to see some OG trilogy Luke representation in the Lego Christmas special. Um, so that'll hold me over for a while, I think. Um, to bring back the uh, Force Yoda thing, uh, have y'all seen Megamind? Yes. yes. Yeah. I love Megamind. Okay. No, no, okay. Yes. So you know the scene where he's introducing himself as Space Dad? Like, what if it's like that with Baby Yoda and Yoda just like, my son? I have seen Megamind no less than a hundred times. What if, yes. what if Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda. Okay, I'm gonna get so jealous. Idea like that. So he brings this up at the end guys, of the episode. <laughs> guys, when so at the end of Revenge of the Sith, when Yoda is fighting Palpatine, you notice that his robe falls off and hits the floor. That's what makes me think that Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda because right. they would have taken his cloak and then made also a clone of Yoda. It's but, fifty years since Revenge of the Sith. So it exactly. actually makes a lot of sense. It lines yeah. up. And that makes the stars are lining in my head right now. Oh, hold on, let how, me make sure that I got the number right. However, it makes sense. However, it's not like the cloak is the one thing because everyone's cloak always is there. Like Obi's cloak was there when he. But no one wants Obi Wan Kenobi. They want freaking Yoda. Did, I'm sorry. Know, did I'm you guys miss the part? Excuse me. I want Obi Wan Kenobi. Did you miss the part where when Palpatine was fighting Yoda, he literally plucked a hair off of him and put it in his pocket? Am I the only one who saw that? <laughs> says, I'm sorry. Let me just take this cape and back to fighting. It is no oh longer somehow Palpatine returned. It's somehow Yoda has returned. But we Why would you say that line, Rose? Because it was man. funny. Lady Lorian's in the last episode, where, or the first episode, we're talking about the doctor guy from yeah. season one <laughs> that apparently nobody like, else Minoan, like army, noticed like, symbol. this yeah like everyone i didn't notice it all Where of them were like made? so shocked and they were like how did i not and i was like oh was i supposed to tell you because i noticed like in the first season some but of us of are stupid knew. kenzie that would I'm make sorry. a lot of sense though like putting these pieces together like ooh. i'm having a revelation the you okay dodge <laughs> Uh, is, is, is Dodge is, ever okay? This is, like Dodge no. is, this is making so much sense. When you said the 50 years thing, I just... Yeah. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> Kids yeah. going to get so it, jealous. It is one of my favorite theories. Kill Bill if, Sirens. If Ghost Yoda comes back and starts talking to Baby Yoda, Din's going to be pissed. He's going to be like, um, your father that decides to show son. up once this I is, come into the picture. This is the first time that I've thought about the fact that I don't know why this is the first time I thought about it, but that Dennis like is the child's dad. However, the child is older than him. Uh, I, I was, was going to say my favorite thing that's brought up a lot is um, Din's going to die before baby. Yoda. <laughs> Sad. And podcast. I'm out. Good night. So, so to wrap it, it it's interesting because they say he's, he's 50 and Yoda said he was training Jedi since uh, he was 200. Um, and so within the next 150 years, baby Yoda would mature enough to be able to train Jedi. So this 50, this 50 year gap of his adolescence, I think is going to quickly end. And I think what happens is there's like rapid maturity that happens right after probably like around, I don't know what, 50, 60, 70 years. So I think that there's a possibility that somewhere in the season, we can start to see a more mature baby yoda that perhaps speaks if he what do you think baby yoda's first word is going to be okay because i i asked this question the first episode and all of them were like he's not going to talk in this season and i'm like no i think we're going to hear his first word okay they say that we're going to know his name at the end of the season and second of all people i saw i saw a tiktok on this but they were talking about how baby yoda is babbling and he didn't babble at all in the first season so Mm -hmm. that could be true I mean, oh, it, wow. it only makes sense because if you do it like, so what he's like a little toddler right now. If you did that in chrono, like 50, 50, 50, by the time he's 200, he's five or six. So that doesn't make sense for a, for a five or six year old to be training Jedi. So I think that we're going to see like quick growth here within the next couple of seasons. 
Um, I don't mean like, you know, teenage Yoda running around angsty, but perhaps, you know, <laughs> it's more not a phase, dad. <laughs> yeah, oh I feel gosh. like it's going to be awkward to see like pubescent baby Yoda. Like, I mean, in Mandalorian so, armor. He's so cute right now. Like, I don't know what I'm to think about what he's going to look like. In, oh. I'm, I'm content Anyways. with the look right now. Um, I want to say two things. His name's going to be Bean. I swear to God, it will be Bean if I have anything to say about it. I talked to Disney executives about this. It's happening, guys. Second, his first words are going to be, I love Dinjamin Jaren. And that's just my opinion. (laughs) That is my favorite thing, is that the internet has just collectively decided (laughs) that Din is short for Dinjamin. Okay, thank you so much to everybody for watching and listening to this episode of the Lady Lorians podcast. Lady Lorians, thank you so much for being such wonderful hosts to me while I was here. I learned, I laughed, I cried. It will be memories that I cherish until I die. Uh, if you do like what the Lady Lorians are doing, which you're stupid if you don't, you should subscribe to them on YouTube, follow them on Spotify or the Apple podcast app, or I guess wherever podcasts are find them on Twitter. There's like 1400 of them. So just track them down one by one. (laughs) And if you like what I do, um, you can always find me pretty much everywhere at this point. Um, So I don't know, just open a browser and I'll probably have some posts on that browser. Bye guys. Underscore round. Bye. 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 Bye-bye, everybody. This is the way. I love you guys. May the force be with you.